What's going on, everybody? We're back with another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast. I am here with a family member as of last year and a very special woman in my life and in my wife's life. Her name is Caitlin Overson, and I am excited to have her here. Caitlin, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. How are you today? Good. I like the intro music. It's fun, right? I want it to be a little upbeat and kick things off. Mm -hmm. So, you know what's funny? Do you hear that sound? What? The like buzzing? I forgot to... (laughs) I forgot to, once again, see, I told you. We were I talking about a making a checklist, yeah. Yeah, I got to get a checklist. But before we get off topic here, I want to give you the uh, attention and the uh, a rundown of your life that you deserve. Okay. A little bit. I think, uh, so this week, next week technically, but mm. we are going to be having all women on the podcast. Okay. Just kind of highlighting some of the badass women mm-hmm. in my life, and you're one of them, so congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, you recently won a very special award. I did. The Finance and Commerce Rising Young Professionals Award of 2019. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. We'll talk about that. You were a member of ROTC growing up. I was. You are currently an engineer. Mm-hmm. You graduated from the University of Minnesota. I did. You are a crafter. At heart. At heart. You're a cooker. Cook. Chef. <laughs> you like to cook? I do. Um, and you're just awesome. You're my wife, mm. Dana's sister. Mm-hmm. So, as of younger, last year. Younger sister. Younger we'll sister. We'll get into there. that. Yeah. We'll get into that. I want to definitely want to talk about this. <laughs> I got to have all the ammo I can, and it's going to be live recorded. Like, come on. It it'll be get a any good better. conversation. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be great. So, one thing that I'm starting to integrate into this podcast every time I'm on here is I want to ask, because I think it's important to have your perspective as well, what are three things you think we should know about you? Well, one of the things, so we'll talk about the rising young professionals, mm-hmm. and they also asked me what... Uh, you know what's something special about myself that yeah. nobody knows about and so I guess now it's out there but I love sloppy joes mm, sloppy joes my yes. husband Andy makes the best sloppy joes and probably everyone else in the world would hate them but I never had them growing up and for some reason magically he makes them and I make a he has to make it like once a week for me it's funny how you love sloppy joes mm-hmm we joke about this because <laughs> our, you, we say that our significant others, our husbands like and wives, other, are just yeah. like each other. And, like, I, Dana was like, oh, I never had, like, spaghetti growing up. Yeah. And she loves spaghetti, and I fix her spaghetti all the time. It's just the weirdest thing, And too. you get sloppy joes. I do love spaghetti, too. <laughs> or it's like spaghetti noodles with Alfredo sauce. Yeah. Like, just the jar stuff. But yeah. You know, when you have Chinese food for the first 18 years of your life, you're like, oh. Yeah. I don't want another Chinese food. Which is something I didn't touch on, but mm-hmm. since you brought it up, I think it's important to maybe note mm-hmm. your mom is Chinese. Yep. And your dad is a white German-ish. German yes. mutt from the mm-hmm. United States, like the rest of us mm-hmm. for pretty much so. Um, which is interesting. We'll get into some of that. There's mm-hmm. some uh, cultural things that 
the Thel family, your you kinda and weird, your sister yeah. like kind of grew up. Mm. I think it's common. I just think it's just not necessarily talked about, but mm. we'll get into that too. Uh, so we got Sloppy Joe's is one thing. Sloppy Joe's. Um, I absolutely love my job. You know, found a career that I enjoy. I love working hard at. And definitely kind of found my place in life on on that side, on the yeah. career-wise thing. And I have the best husband in the world. Mm. It is, yeah. And we we talk, and we'll we'll touch on this that yeah. I I totally married a guy that is exactly like my sister, yeah. which is really <laughs> weird. So I married my sister in male form. I know. And then Dana says that she married a yeah. man in in, in or form. his sister in fe- in male form. And I was yeah. like, yeah, it's probably about right. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. the more and more we get to know each other, it's like, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. about right. Yeah, no. Strong personalities, we, you know. I'm not surprised, but we like the same thing. Yeah, yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, I want to learn to sew. How do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Teach me. Uh, I think it's just our curiosity sometimes mm-hmm. and, like, the way we, like, see the world. Mm-hmm. We just see things differently than, like, our significant others. Yeah, it's just weird. <laughs> our spouses. Mm-hmm. Well, Awesome. Let's dive straight into, let's not even bury the lead. Okay. Let's get right into it. Okay. I want to hear about your Young Professionals 2019 award that you just won. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool. And I, I know Dana's, like, given me a few little snippets, but, mm-hmm. like, I honestly don't know a lot about this award and mm-hmm. kind of what that means to you, the process, um, just the whole, I mean, start to finish. I would love to hear just the story of how this transpired and mm-hmm. kind of like what it means to you and in, in your field and mm-hmm. um, for your future. Yeah, it, it was, it's a very humbling experience having sure. this honor. You know, there's hundreds of applicants for it. And it started off as looking through, I got an email from, I'm a part of an organization called Minnesota Commercial Real Estate Women. So it's all about empowering women in the commercial real estate industry. And so I got an email from one of the board members that just said, hey, I think you would be a really great fit. You should consider a nomination for this. Look more into it. Uh, Finance and commerce is putting it on. And within the commercial real estate industry and so i talked with my boss about it and we decided to submit a nomination and so out of hundreds of applicants they they picked out 30 so there were 30 honorees in 2019 and so they had a a article in finance and commerce a special article about it they had uh, an award ceremony so i got a cute little trophy and it's got a little star on it and it sits up at my desk and And it's it's got to feel good to be like requested to do that Mm -hmm. like it's not like I know it's an application process mm-hmm. that you have to submit, right? Or, mm-hmm. but it's nice to know, or to to have that recognition from the people that mm-hmm. are in leadership a little bit above you to be like, hell yeah, yeah, go for it, you like, do it, do you, this, you, you deserve, deserve this. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that's got to feel really good. It does. It, I think it. It's just this experience where, and my, you know, when someone says, boil down what you want to do with your life or your career into one sentence. You know, my, my sentence is, I want to be a technical expert in my field. Mm. I want to be known for the work that I do, and I want to be able to be that go-to person. So if someone's got an issue with their project, it's, I'm going to call Caitlin because she's going to know what to do. Or she yeah. knows who to talk to to solve this problem for me. And what so is your job title specifically? I don't know if I mentioned So I'm that. a project engineer. I work in okay. environmental consulting for it. So I manage a lot of, I do mostly brownfields redevelopment. So it's contaminated sites with a construction component to it. So I cool. have a, a civil engineering degree in uh, from the University of Minnesota with a minor in 
environmental and ecological engineering. So very it's cool. very environmentally focused, and it also has that construction management piece to it as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so you get this nomination, or you get the nudge from mm-hmm. your board director and yeah. the okay from your boss. You submit your application. Is it like a long period of time you have to wait, or like how? What's that? I don't remember. I think the nomination was in November, and then you kind of found out after the holiday season. Okay. So it was kind of like February. So it was only, it was a few months, and it's one of those where you submit it and kind of forgot about it long yeah, enough. Yeah, and to then like, you get an email. Like, oh like, yeah, I did that. I was like, oh okay. It was a. I think I remember it was a Sunday morning, and I saw. It. I was like, why? You know, this must be junk mail or something. You know, and you start reading. It's <laughs> yeah. like, oh yeah, I did. I applied for that, and it was really excited. Yeah. And I emailed, you know, my entire team, and sure. I emailed my boss who helped me put the nomination together, and it was just yeah. a really exciting, exciting time to have it. And yeah. So and you the nomination, and then you go to the award ceremony. Like, what was the that process from that point to like? I know you. Two weeks ago, yeah, you I think were, it was a couple of weeks ago. Went to ago. Chicago to receive your awards, and no, I went to Chicago for vacation. Vacation. The award ceremony, the award, but it was, was that weekend. It was, yeah. Okay. So it was. I'm mixing two. <laughs> you're, you're combining them both together. Chicago was celebration, yes. and you had the award. the award ceremony was gotcha. like two days before okay. that, and so you received the award. You got contacted by one of their journalists to do um, just a piece, a profile mm-hmm. on yourself, and they had a cool. uh, photo shoot. So mm-hmm. I got new headshots and everything Ooh. in the Lumber Exchange building. Nice. So it was a really cool um, Congratulations. That's Thank so you. cool. Yeah, and then they had the award ceremony uh, a couple of weeks ago and then went to Chicago just for a fun, found some round-trip flights for 100 bucks, and it just happened to be that weekend that we picked. So Heck yeah. It was a good kind of celebration. Yeah, that's awesome. That worked out perfect. It did. So in your field, it is generally a very male-dominated industry or field engineering Mm -hmm. in general Mm -hmm. um which this is a loaded question in a lot of ways because we can go a lot of different directions with this from college to Mm -hmm. i know uh dana gave me a little a few little tidbits here to ask you about like just your college experience and kind of your your major Mm -hmm. um what does this award in some ways mean to you as a woman Mm -hmm. and in such a male-dominated like industry, mm-hmm. and knowing that you're getting kind of this notoriety and mm-hmm. just a pat on the back for the success that you've had and, and mm-hmm. your hard work that you've put in so far. Mm-hmm. I I think it's anybody who wants to kind of progress and especially in consulting, you want to be known for the work that you do and mm-hmm. you want to be you want to get your name out there. So I think having this award so early on in my career is definitely it's been really helpful to kind of skyrocket it and have people that are like, oh hey, I saw you in that finance and commerce article. Yeah. And congratulations. And it's been a really humbling experience and I'm I'm trying really hard and it's some of the differences between men and women and I've been reading a lot of books on yeah. kind of the confidence that comes in within and I've been trying to kind of channel that confidence and just say thank you. you know, it's not yeah. a, you know, oh, it was nothing. Feel, it yeah. was, you know, it really wasn't that Don't big of a deal. The, the nomination it. was bad. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's thank you. I've tried mm-hmm. really hard 
and I'm really happy that someone has acknowledged that and, yeah. and appreciates it and has shown it through. As you and, should, absolutely. And so it's like just having that confidence and just having that attention and accepting mm-hmm. it has been, it's an interesting thing. And it just, with the male-dominated industry, and I think it all just kind of depends on where you're at in your career, and you can look at it in two different ways. You can look at it in, you know, I am an engineer, I'm a professional, and I work my buns off to get yeah. this uh, to and I'm shown you know my hard work shows through or it's because I'm a woman you know I have to work twice as hard to prove that I deserve these right. projects and to deserve that and right so you can kind of look at it both ways and you can probably take it either you know yeah. probably it's a combination of both that I feel like being in a male dominated industry you have to work twice as hard to prove you know if I had a male counterpart and someone you know we're pitching the same job twice they might go with the male because they feel they look more like an engineer they look more like they would succeed on the project but there's a Mm -hmm. subconscious like bias Mm -hmm. and we talk about it i mean the topic is brought up a lot in like like really race relations Mm -hmm. a lot but and i think maybe it's overlooked a little bit in Mm -hmm. this area of like just women and Mm -hmm. and and the workplace as Mm -hmm. well um, man, I think, you know, I talk with, um, Caitlin, uh, heart doffing mm-hmm. yesterday and we just kind of, you know, mentioned some of these just growing up as a woman and like some of these different things of, I think that there are some, there's some like weird, like evolutionary like biases too you Mm -hmm. know that like are kind of innate within us where we look at certain things or I know myself like I I really do like I want to provide and care for and take care of and Mm -hmm. like be that stereotypical male sometimes Mm -hmm. you know I have my other things that are (laughs) quirky in and of themselves but like I really do like have that desire and I think that sometimes those things come out and I I don't even realize Mm -hmm. how they come across necessarily you know and I think it's a conversation that's starting to begin. Um, it's it's happening, like we're we're talking about now, of just recognizing some of those things as males and as you recognize it because you mm. deal with it probably a little bit more. But um, yeah, it's funny. Just those personality things. I know Dana and I have even talked about these some of these different nuancey things of how direct from a female. Mm-hmm can come across completely different than Mm -hmm. if a male is direct with someone. But also, it's this fine line, I'm sure that you have to deal with this as well, with the different people that you deal with on a daily basis in your industry, that you also can't just, like, be, like, a pushover. You Mm -hmm. also have to be very strong, and you Mm -hmm. have to find that balance. And fair or not, that's almost like where you're at, you know, like I have, you have to find that balance Mm -hmm. until those things kind of work themselves out until, and I think that women are like rising, rising up. I think that there's so much positivity Mm -hmm. that's coming in that, in the women's movement in some ways, we're not there yet. I think there needs to be a combo between, so you need to be assertive and you need to show this confidence, but it's, you need to show your own personal confidence. It's uh, cause there's, a lot of studies or there's been a lot of research that shows you know a lot of women can be passive they 
they wait until they meet every single checkbox mm-hmm. before applying for a job position they feel like they deserve versus guys will be like, sure. well, you know, I maybe meet like one or two of those. Yeah. I'm just going to go for it. You know, if I, f- I fail, I fail. Right. Kind of thing. So women need to take that approach in the sense of just go for it. You know, you yeah. don't need to be a hundred percent sure of yourself. And one of the things I keep telling myself is what is the worst thing that's going to happen? Sure. You know, and running through that, the worst thing that's going to happen is most of the time they're just going to say no. No, you're, you're not quite, we don't feel like you're quite qualified. We don't feel like you're quite ready for this position and Mm -hmm. these opportunities, you know, let's talk about an opportunity, you know, ways that you can build your, that self up. So you you just need to have that confidence to be maybe a little more assertive Mm -hmm. in that, but you can't also say, I'm going to be assertive like a man, because I think that's, that also comes off. Right. You know, really off as well is because when you authenticity, when, yeah, it, being genuine, it, you're just you kind of forcing yourself into that role, and you feel like you need to be that assertive, and yeah. it comes off almost. People are just very off by that personality as well. So right. it's also just kind of what I tell a lot of people is to just find your internal confidence, sure, and just let it shine through, and That's then it, it definitely comes. You know, it comes off is that way. So then it, you feel very authentic. You feel very yeah. natural. And so it's you just have to dig down deep inside and just think about what's the worst thing that's going to happen. Yeah. They're going to say no. Or you're going to have a really awkward conversation with someone. You know, if it's like, I really don't like networking. I'm just, but I'm going to force myself to go introduce myself to that random person against the wall. The worst yeah. thing that's going to happen is you're going to have a really awkward conversation and you're like, okay, this person's really weird. I'm just going to, thank you. You shake your hand yeah. and then you move on. Yeah. And you're never going to think about it again. Right. It's one of those. And so it's just trying to think about thinking I, that through. And I find myself in that same situation. Mm-hmm. And I think we uh, think everybody does, you yeah. know, but you can show up at a place. I would call myself an extrovert. Mm-hmm. I have introverted like tendencies and mm-hmm. the older I get, the more I've recognized those things and realized those like. I need some time to myself now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely, you walk into a room of people you don't know and you're like, oh. <laughs> it's so easy to like just sit and be the wallflower, mm-hmm. you know, and observe and until you feel comfortable. But mm-hmm. you could do that all day long until. <laughs> until know? the day's over. Yeah, until the day's over. And then you realize like, shoot, I just missed an opportunity to like go mm-hmm. and mingle and meet people and mm-hmm. hear their stories or whatever it is. There's definitely like a, inner self-confidence i wrote that down i i love that find your inner confidence and let that shine through that's mm-hmm. i think that's like really important i hope that everybody out there is, mm-hmm. can take that to heart for sure and i would say i'm probably an extrovert too but i've done those meyer briggs exams and you know those tests that you mm-hmm. do online and i the last one that i did because i just wanted to check in and say oh where where am i at and i had i was literally 51 49 percent so it was or 51% extrovert, okay. 49% so introvert. Like so I am both, you know, it's like a split yeah. personality almost where I understand both where I love just sitting in a quiet room, yeah. and just me- meditating to myself. But I also sure. enjoy being out in crowds and I enjoy talking to people. And Yeah, I'm the same and way. And that energy, yeah. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm the same way. Um, well, let's go back. When did you first realize or like when... What was the decision to major in engineering? When did that come about or how did that process start for you? So growing up, I've always loved math. 
math and science were kind of my very, my strong suits. And I remember going to Menards with my dad sure. and he'd be like, okay, I'm buying these nuts and bolts for a dollar 53, yeah. you know, and the, the ladies cal- pushing all the buttons and calculating it. And my dad goes, I'm giving her a 20. What's my change back? You know, and then you're just doing this quick math. Yeah. Like, oh, like I got to beat her. Like yeah. I can't let her. Yeah. 1847. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm just trying to make sure that the yeah. math's right before I, I say it on the podcast. But, and you know, the lady's <laughs> like, oh my God. That's awesome. Yeah. And so I've always just been good at math and it's come and it's come a little more naturally than maybe English or history and Mm -hmm. the other types of subjects. So I went to um, I went to Rosemont High School and then I transferred over to the School of Environmental Studies, which really kind of brought out the environmental side of it, the sustainability. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so I kind of followed in our older brother's footsteps and went there for my last two years of high school and graduated from there. And when I graduated, you know, when you're thinking, well, what do I want to be when I grow up? And I went to, uh, so going into the University of Minnesota, I was like, okay, I'm going to double major in environmental science and mathematics. Yeah. And then you get to college and you're like, holy crap, what, what do, do I do with that? Yeah. <laughs> what do you do with that? I don't want to teach. I really don't want to do this. I'm like, oh crap, what do I do with it? Yeah. And so I thought like aerospace engineering might be fun and then got that and just thought that that was, I was like, nah, no, that's not for me either. So I found civil engineering. And it was kind of this, it's a very problem solving. So here's your problem, Mm. design a solution. And they have an environmental engineering program uh, within the civil engineering. And so it, it worked out really well. And I kind of just found this right career and I found it really early on, which I think helped me in my successes is because I was interviewing professors and just saying, what do you do? Tell me about your research. I'm just really curious. And when I was interviewing one of the professors, she goes, well, I don't really have any opportunities in my lab, but I know uh, Bill Arnold over at the university of Minnesota, you know, one of her counterparts, I think he's looking for an undergrad assistant to help out. I went, okay, well, I wasn't, I didn't come in here to look for a job, but they're like, great, you know, this is an opportunity. So I was working with master's students and helping them develop yeah. their thesis and their research and going through Was that, that your internship? No. So That's I... That's separate. Yeah. That was a separate thing. Very cool. So you like got your mm-hmm. got your feet wet right mm-hmm. away yeah, with so that. My freshman year of college, I was working in a research lab in environmental engineering, which really Very helped helpful. out. Yeah. And I have a feeling we're going to transition into ROTC and we're going to touch on it. But so mm-hmm. I joined ROTC my sophomore year in college and did it. And what happened was someone from another consulting firm came over and just said, hey, we're looking for someone with a little bit of military background, someone that's an engineering student that can help out with structural assessments because we're doing uh, structural assessments on military bases. So, you know, as a (laughs) sophomore going into my junior year, it's like, well, you know, like, okay, well, I I guess, you know, I feel like I, I might be qualified for that. I don't really know anything right now but i might as well sure. just apply for the job and introduce myself and yeah. it actually ended up being since i was a civil engineering student i could do the structural assessments uh, help out with those mm. teams and also split my time with their environmental department interesting and so it was kind of and so i beat out i don't know how many students for that job but so a junior go or a sophomore going into a junior year yeah with an internship which doesn't happen very often right now because it's yeah. all about the experience and i've had a lot of students when I help out with recruiting events they say I don't have I don't have an I don't have any experience so I can't get an internship but I can't get a job without an internship and so how do you do that and what I had was I did an undergraduate research 
program. I was a research assistant. And it was one of those things that it worked out well for me that I just kind of had that experience. And it Mm. showed through that I had lab experience already. I had some background in environmental engineering already. And so I had a two-year internship before I graduated college. It's funny because that, I mean, it's true even today. And you, you see it a lot. You know, like mm-hmm. I see the path that you that you went on, and that really makes sense in my head. I think sometimes people definitely have trouble finding that path, and there is that loop that you get caught in. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, well, I don't have the major. Mm-hmm. I I noticed myself in this. Like, I don't have the major. I also don't have the experience. But man, I want that. Mm-hmm. Looks awesome. Like, I'd be good at that. Yeah. You know? Like, mm-hmm. how do I get there? And it's finding that path. Mm-hmm. And it's cool that you had that ability. Now RTC or ROTC. Mm-hmm. RTC. ROTC. What was your decision to join that group? I think I've always been interested in the military side of it. So in high school, I did a program at the Naval Academy that was, it was a week-long kind of training course on what it would be like to be at the Naval Academy. And so, Mm -hmm. and my brother joined the Marine Corps right out of right out of high school. Was that influential for you? I think so. I mean, I think it was at a very influential time where, so him going through basic training and all that, and I knew I really wanted to go to college. And so I knew I didn't want to enlist right out of, uh, right out of high school. But so I was looking at different opportunities. So the Naval Academy was one of them and kind of loved, just absolutely loved that experience and thought it would be great. And I was disqualified because I had allergies. So I was medically disqualified to apply for the Naval Academy because of that. But I had an opportunity to kind of um, redeem myself or uh, back in ROTC. So then I decided, you know, I did my freshman year and kind of decided, well, do I want to do it? Do do I not want to do it? So I just said, I'm going to go for it. I'm just going to try it out. So I joined my sophomore year, walked on in hopes to also get a scholarship because with ROTC, your college is paid for and then you do your service afterwards. And that, you know, that's where you get the trade off. And so looking for financial assistance, that was one of the opportunities is, okay, I could do it my sophomore year and I can get funding for my last two years of college, still go into the military. Uh, And so at the end of that year, we had, when I was up for a scholarship, you know, I had this review process and going through and Caitlin, you're excelling in ROTC and all those classes Mm -hmm. and whatnot. But, you know, and this was, you know, this is maybe my memory and maybe, maybe it went down completely different than I remember (laughs) it, but it was your GPA is not there. Your engineering GPA Mm. doesn't compare to these high school students coming in there. And I said, you're comparing some kids 4.0 GPA from high school to my 3.3. That doesn't, you just, (laughs) you just touched on it even like coming in of like the, Mm -hmm. oh, being overwhelmed with the workload of, Mm -hmm. you know, everything you had going on. And now they're comparing you to a high schooler's workload compared to a college. Right. So we're not, but we can give you like a $3,000 stipend or something like that. It was like, I can make $3,000 working a job. Right. You know, that's not going to, that's not going to give me anything. That's not going to get me anywhere. And so I decided to leave that opportunity. But at that point it was what I kind of had this, this thought, you know, where I'm going through this transition where I was in ROTC, they weren't giving me a scholarship. Do I want to go into the military? Then I was offered an opportunity to, um, I was, I was offered the internship yeah, that, that kind of started that, um, the whole kind of environmental engineering process on it. And then I also met this man, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, this, you know, and I was like, 
we had this conversation that was, yeah. okay, if you go into the military, this isn't probably going to work because I don't want to travel. I want to stay in Minnesota. And so it was kind of this internal, like, what do I want more? And you got to pick and choose. Right. And so I decided to pick my career. And this guy that I eventually yeah. ended up marrying, oh. uh, you know, it was just, and it was it. one of those, <laughs> it was one of those things that I just, we didn't really know each other very well at the time and we just kind of started meeting, but I just kind of felt, you know, just felt that he was different. And yeah. so it's like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, take a chance and, you know, I can still support the military in other ways and I can still do that mm-hmm. opportunity. And so I decided to leave, especially, and I think it really hurt me my sophomore year in college being like, you don't think I'm deserving of a scholarship. Mm. Why? Like I cannot, like, cause with, ROTC, it's early morning exercises, it's classes, it's evening work, it's drill work. And so it's, I can't, I worked three jobs in college at the time. So it's like, you're asking me to work three jobs, do your courses on top of that and try to graduate with an engineering degree. (laughs) You know, something's got to give at that point. And I remember calling my dad up at one point because I I didn't drain my savings account, but it was kind of going in that direction where I was like, I don't have as much savings as I right. want you where un- I want to be. Unsay- and I remember and calling that. him and being like, dad, I have mice in my apartment. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if I can afford my next rent. And I obviously <laughs> probably could have, but I was like, I didn't. And he goes, what do you want? Like, how can I help you? And I was yeah. like, I don't know. I just need to dig myself out of this hole. <laughs> and so my dad, you know, I think my dad paid for that month's rent to just be like, let's Let's yeah. be done with this. You know, that's one thing that you do not have to worry about. You can kind of figure out the rest of your mm-hmm. life and, you know, let's get you over this. You know, and of course it was like after that, like having the weight of the financial burden on there. And mm. I was like, you know, everything. Thank goodness started. for parents. And I know. And like loving, <laughs> loving parents that want to support you yes. and everything that uh, you do. My parents have supported me so much through I all know. the crazy adventures that I've done. And I, I recognize that as well. They're such a integral part of my life. And Absolutely. Like, thing. You know, as I get older, as I've gotten married, and it's different for you, I think, a little bit. I You live a little closer to your parents, mm-hmm. um, but I don't, and I feel bad about that sometimes, but it doesn't change the fact of how important they were in my life, mm-hmm. and I know how important your your family mm-hmm. is to you and to just the, the place that you're in. Not that this is a therapy session, but I recognize something, a theme that I also have I Mm. think is this drive to like almost like prove your worth Mm -hmm. and to prove people wrong and to show them that you have value Mm -hmm. and I recognize that in myself because I think oftentimes um, I look at what I've done with my life and whatever and I'm like Mm-hmm. Well, still waiting, you know. <laughs> um, but I just always—I don't know—I I find that drive in myself. I'm just like, I want to prove you wrong. Like, mm-hmm. tell me I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I dare you, you know. Like, there's even with this project that I'm doing here, mm-hmm. you know, I—I I got a good like sense of people's like thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I take this very seriously, mm-hmm. right? I've I've jumped into this whole thing, and part of it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. I'll prove you wrong. Yeah. You know, it, it, you don't have to say anything. People don't have to say anything sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's just that, that like feeling you get. You're like, okay, you just don't, you're not quite bought in mm-hmm. yet. Like, okay, you're I got not, you. you're not on the boat yet. Yeah. It's okay. Has that, 
I, I sit, I mean, I can tell that mm-hmm. that's a definitely even stories from your family, like mm-hmm. growing up as a young girl and mm-hmm. against your siblings, against your parents and your rebel ways or whatever. It's definitely uh, a theme within your life. Do you recognize where that comes from? Or like, do you recognize that that's even something that within yourself at all? Or do you, is that something even? Uh, the just, drive? Or... Just that drive or that like, I'm going to prove you wrong. That like desire to prove people wrong or like the desire to like get after it and be like, I'm going to do this. Because I, I feel like, I don't know, just for myself and I see it in the themes of kind of people like you mentioned with your ROTC like scholarship. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're not going to give me what I'm worth? Like, yeah. all right, like mm-hmm. I'll show you, you know, and I'll go my own path and I'll blaze my own trail. And that's where the, that's where some of the confidence comes in. You know, you look yes. at it after the fact where you're just like, you might have just been a scared little girl just trying to make disca- decisions. But then it's also, you know, you have to find that confidence and just say, okay, if you don't feel like I, yeah. I feel like I'm worth it, I'm going to find somebody that will give me what I'm worth. Yes. You know, and it's finding that confidence to say it and to acknowledge it. And I would say I get it from my parents. I Mm -hmm. I definitely they they definitely have shaped my life. And I, you know, I was this rebel girl being like, I'm not like my mother. Yeah. Now I'm like, (laughs) oh, dang it. I'm doing it just like my mom. The things that annoyed me the most is what I'm doing now. Uh. And but both of them, I mean, I would say they're both, I would say, fairly shy people. Like they're both very quiet and reserved yeah. but also at the same time they have like this spitfire that's also mm-hmm. in them and it comes out at, at random times and I've just been trying to you know find myself a little bit more yeah. and just kind of dig a little bit deeper and just say like you can do it and my parents have always been incredibly supportive of me and yeah. my dad being in the construction industry was able to kind of help me navigate those and sure. you just you pull on those so my dad helped me negotiate a uh, salary with the company when I was graduating when I haven't really proved myself and joy and yeah so it's definitely you've had that support along the way yeah yeah that's cool mm-hmm. well let's get into parents and like family stuff mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting um like we mentioned before your mom um is Chinese your dad is German American mm-hmm. mutt like mostly mostly German yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's a interesting dynamics in the house and growing up, um, your grandparents on your mom's side mm-hmm. live with you guys mm-hmm. and was pretty foundational, I would say, in like raising you, the siblings, like mm-hmm. you and Dana We didn't really go to John. daycare, yeah. Yeah. How, what was that like? Like looking back now, how do you like see that uh, experience? I mean, it was... I think it, my family has been described as awkwardly close. And it's not okay. in the, like, weird, gross, incest way, but it's more just we talk to each other. And I yeah. think that was very fundamental in the household so growing up with seven people. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I recognize now is I hate being home alone by mm. myself at night. So I can come home from work. I can do my work and make dinner yeah. and everything. But as soon as the sun goes down, you know, I'm like, who's out to get me? You, yeah. know, you hear these like, random noises and stuff. Interesting. I never thought about that because the, there's probably never a time really mm-hmm. growing up when someone wasn't home right. at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Well, when there's seven people, someone, yeah. someone's always home. And my sure. grandparents, you know, I th- they moved in when I was pretty young. I remember yeah. them moving in and 
they've always just been around. So mm-hmm. we moved in, we moved to Apple Valley and they had kind of their own wing. And so they just kind of took care of us. They helped us with our yeah. driving permit and giving us that experience. Sure. And they always, they always cooked and they helped clean the house. And yeah. and so it gave my parents the opportunity to work really hard at their jobs and kind of not have to worry about the, you know, making sure that there's food on the table and that it's right. being cooked. And so we got Chinese food. Yeah, Chinese grandparents, you get Chinese food Yeah, every day. Yeah. I mean, except for the occasions when they went to Mystic Lake to go gambling on a Saturday. <laughs> then then you get spaghetti from a jar, and that's where Dana, <laughs> Dana and I get it from, is you like spaghetti! Uh, Meatloaf! That's yeah. awesome. That's just how that was. That's so fun. Mm. I think it's really cool. I mean, I love, I love other cultures in general and, like, seeing other cultures and mm-hmm. learning about other cultures, and... I mean, like you said, having your grandparents live with you, I, it's different than maybe most of like American culture, but I think that more and more it's becoming, as America becomes this melting pot, like it's just a, it's a more common thing. You just mm-hmm. have these, like the grandparents come in and help, mm-hmm. help with kids. And especially as I'm not a parent, mm-hmm. we're not parents other than this little cute guy down here mm-hmm. who's staring at me longingly. <laughs> uh, my fur baby, Chansey. Pooh. Hear that? That's his tail. He, he recognizes his, uh, his name. name. But, um, you know, I know that prices for, like, daycare and things are mm-hmm. just crazy expensive. Mm-hmm. And some of those things just limit mm-hmm. families in some ways because of their ability to take care of their kids and work mm-hmm. and actually pursue their careers and mm-hmm. uh, maybe like your parents did. Um, I had a thought earlier I was going to ask you about, and now it's slipped my mind. Uh, it was going to be just something that Dana had, um, had mentioned. Maybe it'll come back to me. Uh, do you remember... How has the, like, your grandparents and, like, your, the culture um, of being half Chinese, Mm -hmm. how has that influenced, or do you even recognize that? I know sometimes, this is where I was going with this, Dana has even mentioned, like, sometimes she doesn't think of herself as that, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, it's a part of her, but she doesn't recognize it, you Mm -hmm. know? Is that something you, like, you recognize those things, or... um, like those cultural experiences or I don't know, like how is that experience for you? I guess. Like being half Chinese and being treated differently in my career. Do you see that? Do you feel that you are? Do you feel like, um, growing up in that? I mean, you could go any direction with this. I mean, I would say the, for the most part, I mean, growing up, you didn't really, I mean, no one really treated you differently. And I know Dana's got some random stories about people asking her if she's half and half. And, you know, Dana's like, I'm reduced to dairy creamer. Great. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. But, I mean, for the most part, I think I get more singled out as being a female engineer Mm. in in my industry, not necessarily being Asian. Yeah. And so, but I have a lot of people that they'll come up to you and go, like, what are you? Right. I'm like, I'm Caitlin. Right. Nice to meet you. No, where are you from? I'm from Apple Valley. Yeah. I live in Egan now, 4.7 miles from my mother. Right. But, you know, from my parents. <laughs> but, you know, I grew up in Apple Valley. Yeah. No, 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 no. Where are you from? 
I'm from oh. Apple Valley. <laughs> Thanks like, for talking slower. <laughs> like, wait, does that does that help at all? No. Where like, where are your ancestors from? Yeah. Well, my mom was in New York. Like, <laughs> you know, and it's like you yeah. can tell that they're really awkward and they're trying to do this dance, and right. you're like, it. Why does it matter to you? Right. Like, what does it? You know. And then finally, you True. end up kind of giving them, being like, oh, you know, my grandparents were they immigrated over from China and. Mm-hmm. Oh, my, so my mom is half Chinese and my dad is, uh, or my mom is Chinese and my dad is German. So yeah. I'm, I'm 50, 50 and they're like, oh, that makes so much more sense. You're like, right. why does it matter? Yeah. And so I think you get that more often where people are just like, you look slightly sure. ethnic. Yeah. From what region? I don't know. Yeah. No. Like you're just like, no. a little why? bit, something's different. Why yeah. do you need to know? Like, right. It doesn't matter to you. Can we just stop this line of questioning? No. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll just keep going. Okay. Sure. I'm just going to draw it out as long as physically possible to right. make you as uncomfortable as I feel And right to now. make you realize, like, mm-hmm. this is just, it's not necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, it makes sense with the, like, women in your, like, mm-hmm. like, because there's such a male-dominated industry, that mm-hmm. being more the, the focus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, you know, like, I don't have that experience being a white male, so yeah. I'm always interested in, mm-hmm. like, what that experience is like yeah. and if you have those interactions and even you know a common question i've asked people are like what how like i I asked tom or Mm -hmm. todd the same question um like how do we address those maybe the Mm -hmm. race the racial side of things how would you prefer people to ask you if they're going to Mm -hmm. obviously you kind of answered that Mm -hmm. like why does it matter like don't even ask in Mm -hmm. some ways but if they're going to Mm because Let's be honest, they probably will. Yep. It's not going to go away anytime soon. What would be the way that you would prefer people to be like, what's your ethnicity? Mm-hmm. You know, or what, what is that? Is that the... I mean, I would say that that's probably the the best way to add, just be very upfront about it. Like, yeah. if you want to know what, you know, my heritage is, I'm half Chinese, half German, you yeah. know, or with a little something else in yeah. there. But, you know, just ask me, don't skirt around and be like, oh, where's your mom from? Yeah. You know, it's I'm, like you're yeah. trying to be mm-hmm. sneaky about it when well, we, everybody to... knows what you're trying to ask. Exactly. Versus just like... Just be just, blunt. Ask yeah. me what your question is. You're not going to insult me, but... Mm-hmm. It's more insulting that you feel like I would, you know, that you can't be upfront with me and that you have to kind of like dance around, dance around the topic. And, sure. But yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things that I don't really think of myself. I mean, if you ask me, I'm half, half Chinese, half German. But yeah. other than that, I'm just kind of... Uh, an American girl, you know, yeah. I've always... That's your experience. You just grew up in America. You, exactly. <laughs> you went to high school just like everybody yeah. else. You... <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, yeah, the female, the female engineer part, I think, is the, the bigger part of, like, the discrimination and where, where you see that more often. And my company has been fantastic. Like, I am just yeah. one of the team. Like, it yeah. doesn't really matter male versus female, engineer versus scientist. Like, you're a part yeah. of the team. But as soon as you get outside of that into the construction construction sure. industry is where you actually get a little bit of the discrimination and and sure. how that comes out and yeah so then you then you get kind of you get biased and then that makes me a little bit more upset than sure. being asian but yeah mm-hmm. i can totally see that where do you want to go with your like where do you see where do you see your career taking you like what's what are your goals and dreams i mean you don't can answer mm-hmm. that as much as you want to and mm-hmm. as little as you want to as well um but I mean, so when we were talking about boiling boiling down kind of what you want career-wise to mm-hmm. one sentence, and my sentence is I want to be a technical expert in my field. You know, and, and that sounds yeah. really 
very concise, but it took me a really long time to think about that and mm-hmm. to kind of come up with that sentence. And But once you actually come up with that main theme, you can grow from there. So then it's how do you how do you achieve that goal? You know, and you have paths that go every which direction and it's not a straight path that's going to bring you there. And but, you know, at least I have kind of a direction, you know, I have my North Star that I want to go to. And Mm -hmm. so building off of that Rising Young Professional Award, it's, you know, it's looking for it's taking that career to the next level. So it's I have to build experiences. So you can't go from point A to point B without developing some sort of experiences you know i can't become a technical expert just by saying i am Mm -hmm. and so it's finding those experiences and working on projects and talking with clients and building my own network base and so it's developing you know developing contacts outside of the engineering world so it's in the commercial real estate industry is where i've kind of focused my career so it's meeting more people more contractors and more brokers and more developers and and trying to build that internal network mm-hmm. so eventually when a problem goes wrong and staying in contact with them they'll call and say you know caitlin can you help me you know or yeah. can your team help me and and then my answer is probably going to be a yes and then yeah. i'm going to run around and try to figure right. it out and so it just Part of life's experiences. I mean, that's like Mm -hmm. what I'm, I was talking to your husband before Mm -hmm. we got going and it's like, it's all like trial. Like I, I can't know some of the things I'm even Mm -hmm. need to know until I'm forced to Mm -hmm. have to deal with him. You know, like I had to, with the Timmy Harris podcast, we did it over Skype. Well, Mm -hmm. the file recorded and saved as an MP4 file. Mm -hmm. Well, nothing that I have allows me to convert that into, or like to post that as Mm -hmm. an mp4 file for just audio so i had to figure out what that means Mm -hmm. what i had to do and like so it's kind of similar in some Mm -hmm. ways i guess or that's how i like am relating it in my head of yeah you're gonna say yes and you're gonna go and take these Mm -hmm. opportunities and you're gonna learn and you're gonna figure it out Mm -hmm. that's cool yeah but so i have a couple of proposals out for presentations so hopefully you know kind of developing that technical expert Mm -hmm. side of it and one of the things if you want to be a technical expert you need to learn how to present and you need to learn public speaking Mm -hmm. and you need to learn that so that's kind of the skill that I'm trying to learn next is to develop my public speaking side of things to develop the um what am I thinking of like just the presentation style and being able to talk to an audience and have that conversation and yeah it's a whole nother it's almost a whole nother language that you have to learn for sure and how you present and how you use your hands and powerpoints and yep. so that's kind of my next skill that i'm learning career-wise yeah um you've talked about one of the things you said that we should know about you is that you love your job mm-hmm. what do you love about your job you've touched on it several mm-hmm. times throughout mm-hmm. and i realized that but what are the things that i know i know specifically you have a few things that you really love mm-hmm. about your job but I, I love the problem-solving aspect of it. I love that people come in and just say, I want to buy this property, I want to develop it, what can you tell me about it? Yeah. You know, and ha- and being able to be like, okay, let me go do yeah. my research, and you're typing on your computer, and you get to kind of hammer away, and I love having people come to me and say, I have a problem, can you fix it? And yeah. that very analytical side of me gets intrigued and wants to dig dig deeper in it. And I also love my career because I love the company that I'm at and the team that I'm on and the respect that I get from them. It's a very fulfilling side of the career that I love. So I think I've I found a an industry that I find interesting. And then I've also found kind of a company that respects me. Yeah. 
at who I am. So it's kind of a, a double a double dip there where it's yeah. like I, I get this problem solving side and I get the um, I get kind of another another side of a family yeah, sure. that I get to yeah, be at. Exactly. And so you kinda just find your find your place that way. But that's why I kinda love where I'm at. I love my job and there's a lot of hours that go into it, especially during construction time because in yeah. engineering especially or construction it's yeah, it's winter or it's yep. construction season. Especially in yeah, Minnesota. It's, it's one or the other. That's what you get. <laughs> yeah. And so it's a lot of a lot of work during construction season and then you you get some breathers and you remember what a forty hour week looks like mm-hmm. in the winter time sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Ah, wow. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about your work. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you, you've touched on it already. We've touched on it a little bit, but I know that family is very important to you. Mm-hmm. And I guess, uh, so you are, how long have you and Andy been married to married It'll now? It'll be five years in September. Five years. What has, Andy is also a, a successful young professional as mm-hmm. well. Um, you've two people that are very driven that you're like kicking butt and taking names in your (laughs) careers um what is that like I just know that though that's very important to you you guys have a great relationship I love we love hanging out with you Mm -hmm. guys um you we joke about it because Dana and I just got married last year but you are our best couple Mm -hmm. because Andy was my best man and you were Dana's uh maid of honor and like, we enjoy hanging out with you guys. Mm-hmm. We look up to you guys. We look at you guys' relationship. And, you know, there's a lot of things that at least I do uh, glean from that. Like, mm-hmm. as a, as a, um, I mean, five years feels like established. <laughs> I didn't realize it was so long. It makes sense because that's kind of. That's when you and Dana, Dana kind of started, started dating. Dating, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, five years. I, I, <laughs> the numbers to that uh, is a little shocking to me. So, I am taking that in at the moment. <laughs> that's been five years that just like slapped me across the face um yeah what i don't know i'm trying to figure out how to actually ask this question Mm. of like tell me about your married life you know (laughs) but uh i don't mean it in that way Mm. but i think that you guys are special and i think that you guys really are Mm. awesome and and a great couple and um how is maybe we'll start here what's been how have you guys balanced being young driven professionals Mm -hmm. and also having such a like solid foundation in your relationships Mm -hmm. how has like being those young professional Mm -hmm. um, affected your relationship well one i think andy likes to call himself a rising slightly older professional (laughs) is the title that you know after i have the ryp award rsop award (laughs) for andy and i think we're just on the same page right now mm-hmm. in the sense of we, you know, we're just very open in our conversations and we've always yeah. been very upfront. So some of the early on conversations was like I was in, a, you know, Andy was in a re- relationship where finances were an issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had other relationships in my past that, you know, back in like high school where it's like I'm paying for everything because I have the job and he doesn't right kind of thing and and so finances were kind of one of the the biggest conversations that we had kind of early on that was like I don't want to fight about it like I really like you at the time yeah because you are driven and you want to have a career and but it's like I want to have lowercase l word yes the the, the, the little l (laughs) and 
it was one of those like finances I do not want to be like people yeah. get divorced over finances right so that's you know in our relationship that is not what we want and so we've always been very open about it so wherever our budgets are especially when we were just dating yeah you know completely separate budgets completely yeah. different finances so it was you know living together it's okay where are your finances at are you living within your means yeah so and so it's always just been it's we will never get mad about it yeah we will always just have a very calm conversation about it on this is this is what my books look like what do right. your books look like like right. i didn't even know how much andy made until we got married yeah so which is fine like right. i didn't it wasn't my business to know at the time yeah and so but finances you just lay it out there and right. it is what it is and so we just kind of have that understanding and it's also the understanding that it's like you need to be honest with me. Like if you're mm-hmm. frustrated, if you're mad, we need to talk about it and we just need to get it off our chest. And we, and so we just have, we've just built our relationship off of just being open and just being really trustworthy that we're not going to get mad at each other for yeah. something that they do. And, right. and so we've just kind of, when you, when you build on that, that's just kind of the foundation. And when we went, uh, we had a pastor marry us five years ago and yeah. you have to go through marriage counseling and you have yeah. to go through all of the, those conversations. You do your Meyer Briggs tests and you come out. Yeah. And I remember going through these and the pastor, she sat us down and she goes, okay, Andy, you were in this room taking these tests. Caitlin, you were in that room mm-hmm. taking these tests on these computers. I have the printed out. Let's talk about <laughs> them. And some of the, the conversations that came up, she goes, okay, Caitlin, you want three kids. Andy, you want two. Let's talk about this. You know, and she goes, let's just lay this out on the table. And this gets this, you know, Andy and I look at each other. We just kind of start laughing. And you're like, well, you start with one. Yeah. If you kind of like it. Yeah. And then you we'll want have another two. one, then you have a second one. And then if you feel like you don't have enough, then you yeah. maybe add a third one. Yeah. And, and so she just was very, like, astonished in the sense of like oh Oh, you guys figured that out real quickly i thought this was going to be like a really upset conversation and yeah it's like if you're getting married you need to have those conversations before you get engaged that's not something that you just figure out after you're married and Mm -hmm. do it and so it was just one of those things that like we've already had a conversation about it we already had a conversation about finances and the debts and we had a conversation with some friends that got married it was a year or two ago we we flew out to california to see their uh, to be at their wedding and Mm -hmm. they were talking about their marriage counseling because they were sure. married in a Catholic church. And so, but they had to go to some sort of retreat and they were like, okay, let's have this conversation about debts. Like, <laughs> this is the time when you bring up the debts that you have and in a very open and safe relationship. And they kind of looked at each other and was like, people haven't talked about debts yet? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, he knew exactly what debts his wife had. They both went to law school. Yeah. And so they both knew exactly where their debts right. were at and where they wanted to be and where that finances are. And everyone yeah. else is, like, bringing it up and the people are mad. And yeah. like, that is not the that is not the time this to bring up finances. Yeah. No, you should have brought you that up years about ago. That. <laughs> yeah. We are yeah. getting married right yeah. now. <laughs> that is not a... Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that you did it before you yeah. actually got married and pulled the trigger on it. But, and so, but it's, like, so my relationship with with my husband is just it's a very mature relationship in the sense of that we feel we have a very open and honest mm-hmm. conversation and that we trust each other to not get mad and to judge each other for it yeah well and anybody that's been around you mm-hmm. and knows you guys like knows that's true like mm-hmm. you guys are honestly like you guys are great you guys mm-hmm. are such a fun couple to hang out with mm-hmm. you're such a fun couple to be around and um yeah i'm you know i you mentioned finances and I know that you guys have your own separate accounts, but you also have a shared account Mm -hmm. you guys use. This is a fascinating thing for Mm -hmm. me. I mean, this is, it'll be one year 
in next like weekend, next, week, next yeah. Saturday, <laughs> like a week from today. So we're at the one year mark. Mm-hmm. We don't have the joint account. We've talked about this for a long mm-hmm. time. Um, you know, obviously there's some changes in our life mm-hmm. that are coming down the road. We'll talk about that, not on this podcast, but mm-hmm. in the future when I have Dana on, but, um, yeah, it's just interesting to like think about these things and to, I think knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. And so knowing how other people do things and like, I see how you guys handle your finances and like, oh, cool. Like they have this joint account. This is when they use it. This is how they use it. These are the, mm-hmm. the, the ways that they, you know, um, if you don't feel comfortable, but mm-hmm. how do you guys like, is it percentage based? Do you guys just have a flat amount that you guys mm-hmm. put into your shared account or like, how do you guys mm-hmm. figure out like, Hey, I'm going to put this in and I'm going to put this in mm-hmm. or like based on like your relationship. That's not something you feel comfortable. No, talking about. It's totally, fine. totally fine. It, and it's evolved throughout the years, mm-hmm. kind of just evolved through how our lives were. Which and speaks so. to kind of what you were mm-hmm. just saying and like your relationship. I think that's really important too, because just because it works at one point in time mm-hmm. doesn't mean that things aren't going to change exactly. and it doesn't need to change. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Dana or Dana and I already know, granted we've been together apparently mm-hmm. talking and dating five since years. for about five <laughs> years now, which seems insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, even within the last year we've adjusted and adapted, mm-hmm. you know, how we handle certain situations, whether it's finances or mm-hmm. whatever that might be. So that's cool to, to hear. Yeah. I mean, Continue. and I, you know, I've put in, I kind of put them in three major categories. You have like the all in, everything's combined together. And mm-hmm. we have friends that everything is just piled into one account. Yep. They have very similar spending. So all the money comes yeah. in and very equal kind of goes out. Then you have the completely separate group where we know people that, you know, they were divorced and they, you know, this is their second marriage and they just decided to keep everything separate and works out for them. You know, they kind of split up things as they yeah. see fit and then you have the like combo group that mm-hmm. has some sort of amount and i think when andy just and the I, most common i think i would say yeah i mean i think it just kind of depends on the couple and the personality and and everything and where andy and i were at is so when we were first kind of started dating and we moved in together and we were trying to figure out okay where like where do groceries go and so we started <laughs> out with like a joint checking account yeah. where it was like we're still kind of testing the waters with yeah. this relationship and trying to figure it out so we started off with a joint checking account where we each put like a hundred dollars in at a time yeah and then you know and you had to kind of keep track of it and where the groceries <laughs> came in and out and you had to refund it every yep. every so often and we did that for a really long time and then i think when we got married is finally when we got a joint checking or a joint credit card together so it was one of those things that it was mm. like okay so now we have a joint credit card together so but what we do is basically once the credit card comes in so all of our joint expenses go on it travel groceries sure uh, you name it and then we just split it down the middle and then it and then we both cool. basically send a check into the credit card company to yeah. pay it off and that's how that's oh. how it gets paid off is so we just kind of send a check from our our uh, our personal accounts and then that's how it it pays off so we have i mean being married for this long we have joint credit cards we have joint savings accounts and joint checking account but we all we also have our very own separate we have our own personal checking accounts our own personal savings account we have our own iras and 401ks and everything like that so i would say we're mostly separate with some kind of togetherness on it and it and it works out well just because then you know when we're when we're having a conversation about finances it's 
I want you to be able to buy a big old flat screen TV if that's what you want. Yep. Because that's important to you. Yep. And it doesn't affect me. Like right. that is your own money if you want to spend it on yeah. the and on the reverse way. If you want to go shopping with your mom and your sister because you guys are awkwardly close and just love shopping, <laughs> then and want to go buy another bag or go buy another bag and or... shoes and clothes and <laughs> even though your closet is plenty big and you have enough, yeah, it, yeah. You know, you can go do that and it yep. doesn't affect them. Well, I like that. That's mm-hmm. how. I mean. Right now, like, we don't have a joint account, mm-hmm. so everything's completely separate. But we're like you guys. Like, we, I firmly believe that mm-hmm. communication is key, and it, it's figuring mm-hmm. it's figuring that out. You learn to communicate with each other every single day, mm-hmm. you know? And, and like, I'm, I'm learning about myself of, of ways that the way I communicate... Um, to communicate more effectively, to communicate more efficiently, to appropriately sometimes. Um, and sometimes it's that I get frustrated. Dana doesn't understand why I'm frustrated, but it's because she doesn't understand what I'm processing in my mm-hmm. head. And so I have to then figure out how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like finances has always been a thing. It's kind of like you were talking about, like, for for a good while, I mean, there was a good while in our relationship. I had no idea what Dana made. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't any part of my, mm-hmm. I felt the same way. Like, it's, it's my business. business. Like, yeah. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need to know. Like, you take care of your stuff. I take care of mine. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as we, like, as Dana bought the house slash I moved in to her house slash that we lived in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's a whole another story, but, um, you know, we started to talk more about finances and kind of understand where each other stand financially. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since I represented Dana as her real estate agent <laughs> as well. Uh, I like got to know a little bit more about that process. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we operate and I really like that as well. We, we don't do that quite the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just interesting and it's just a thing I think that it's important for young people to know about and people just to kind of understand some of those finances and how people operate. And mm-hmm. I just 100% agree with the communication. I just think mm-hmm. it's so key. I see other relationships sometimes and I'm like, mm-hmm. guys, you got to just talk to each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else to tell you. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not all roses and sunshine Mm -hmm. every day for us you know like I get frustrated she gets frustrated we get Mm -hmm. frustrated each other but we talk about it Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day we like we we know that we can and Mm -hmm. we know that we can be open and we can be honest with Mm -hmm. each other and then we flush it out and Mm -hmm. if it means that I have to say sorry or she has to say sorry later then so be it but we there's not anything in the dark Mm -hmm. there's not anything you can like we've talked about it we've figured it out you can't dance around you can't dance around no. it. That's the way. Like, you can't hold back punches, and that's what it is, is you just got to let it all out. Because when, when you hold things back is when it starts to fester. Yeah. You know, and, that, and then you got resentment, and mm-hmm. then bitterness yeah. builds up, and mm-hmm. then you got all those different mm-hmm. things. But in how, how finances changed kind of the evolution of it, and to give to give your listeners an example of how it is, is we used to own a condo and how that kind of mm-hmm. worked out. And that was when we got married in that condo or yeah. we, you know, we were dating, we got married, and then we were 
a married couple in that condo. And so the evolution kind of just changed where, you know, I graduated college and got a job in that yeah. condo. And so finances kind of changed where it was, okay, you know, it started off with, you know, okay, I'll take the mortgage and you take the utilities or you'll take the yeah. association and we'll figure this out. And so it ended up being very separate. And then now we just bought a house about a year ago. Right. And we, so then we had to reevaluate finances. And mm-hmm. because the house is much bigger than the condo was. So then you reevaluate your finances that way. And like you asked, it was, is it percentage based? And it is it. So we we divvy it out based on salaries. So it's the yeah. percentage of our salary is the percentage of the expenses. And that's and, how Dana and I have talked mm-hmm. about if we do something like that mm-hmm. of how because Dana is the breadwinner in our, our relationship. <laughs> like I'm she's my sugar mama for sure. <laughs> in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Uh and yeah, we've, that's the way we've talked about it is like just divvying it up based on the percentage of our total incomes, like how mm-hmm. that would divvy mm-hmm. into and we would pay into, which feels weird. And mm-hmm. I struggle sometimes with some of those type, different mm-hmm. types of things. And um, But I think it's important to kind of figure those things out. And I just like, like you guys said, like if he wants to go buy a big old screen TV, mm-hmm. like he's got his money to go do that. And I like to do the same, right? Mm-hmm. Like I bought this stuff with this, whether it was a good idea or not, <laughs> uh, like I I can do that, right? Mm-hmm. Like I can go buy. I have my my stuff now. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, does that affect us? Of course it does. Mm-hmm. You know, like and mm-hmm. as it does you guys, like. But yeah, that's really interesting. With that though, you guys have had the ability to do quite a bit of traveling, especially in the mm-hmm. last couple of years. You've had a fair amount of travel, and to some really cool places. Mm-hmm. What would you say would be, well, maybe just give us a list of some of the places mm-hmm. you've been in the last couple of years or well, we So we've done, I like to call us kind of the king and queens of like long weekenders. Yeah. And we've kind of gotten that down to a science and Andy's the deal shopper yeah. in, in the family. And so he gets all of these deal notifications that he's like, oh, you know, 60 bucks to Chicago. Yeah, you know, let's mm-hmm. go for a long weekend. And so it's one of those things that we just kind of committed and we love Chicago and have so always good. loved it. It just 45 minute flight up and down. Yep. And, and generally, if there. you can find, if mm-hmm. you're you can find hotels, savvy like Andy is, you yeah. can find some great deals. You and, know, 100 bucks or less at, yeah. at a hotel. And so you can go there for pretty cheap and you can mm-hmm. walk around. And I th- we were just there and we walked, I think, close to nine miles a day that's just how i mean we love walking around and so we've done like new york city that way we've done Mm -hmm. seattle we just did washington dc this year chicago and so we kind of have been like doing long weekends and kind of just exploring all of these others we love napa we've gone to the san francisco and the napa valley region Mm -hmm. and that's where we had our honeymoon and have just kind of fallen in love and caitlin's kind of a wino so love love the area and so we took a big trip a couple years ago to the uk you know andy found these deals to in and out of dublin for like 300 bucks or yeah. something like that where it's ridiculous where you're like hmm, is the plane gonna like crash while we, before we get there or <laughs> why is it so cheap? how is it gonna like yeah. yeah what why and i think it was just because like gas prices were kind of coming oh. down and so they jet so at a great time like, you just found a great was yeah. just cheap and so all of these flights were going back and forth and so we found these round trip flights to dublin and so we decided to backpack mm-hmm. and it was because when we were looking at flights we were like you're gonna pay more in traveling your little luggage around than it is to just backpack and 
So we decided, and so I'm going to put that in air quotes, is backpacking. Yeah. Because we, it's not in the traditional backpacking. It's just we carried everything on our backs. Sure. We had a backpack full of clothes. We stayed, in, minimalist we stayed in some hotels. Ways. And, yeah, and I I mean, my family, I my mother is, you know, I would say, and Dana are kind of hoarders in the sense of, like, we got to carry <laughs> any possible situation needs to be prepared for before yeah. you leave. So if you're going to go to a family reunion, you're going to bring sunscreen, you're going to bring swimsuits, you're going to bring water balloons and right. towels and, you know, and you come with this giant bag so i'm kind of like the you know i said minimalist ish where <laughs> i prepare you know i still i have like three raincoats in my car right now because sure. I, just in it, case you need just because I, you know, I need three of them when it's going to be extra wet out and <laughs> and so but we just decided that i mean when you're paying 60 bucks for every flight that you go on to bring like a either a checked bag or mm-hmm. carry on so we just we did two weeks in a backpack and yeah. we just said okay and the blogs that we were reading were just like it, what they just said is pack less, bring more money. On trips like that, when you're doing it, just pack less, bring more money. Because you're yeah. going to want to buy souvenirs. You're going to want to yeah. buy a hat. You're going to want to buy a new jacket mm-hmm. or something. So just keep that mentality. And so we brought, like, two pairs of pants. Yep. We bought, like, we bought like three or four tops. Lots of sink washing. And you got to – and I, so I had, like, the little soap thing. <laughs> yep. But we actually, so we did either Airbnb, we did oh, nice. some apartments, like yeah. you can you can get those on Hotels.com and you can get the apartments. Yep. And so we looked for places. So every few days we kind of switched around is we found a place that had laundry. So we could just oh, throw nice. all our clothes yeah. in. And then I think one time when That's we so were convenient. in London, we actually went out because they just said you have to do it. Like you have to send your clothes out to get washed. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we did. But it, it was like 20 bucks. Yeah. So you can either. We did that in Thailand. Yeah. So the same thing. Like we did a lot of hand washing. Mm-hmm. But then there was a couple places where like, all right, we're here. We're going to be yeah. here for a few mm-hmm. days. Like let's send these yeah. off to do and it. it's and so worth it. Yeah. Oh, Instead yeah. of sitting like in a laundry bucks. mat, you know, laundry <laughs> mat for, you know, you can spend 10 more dollars yeah. and have someone else wash it for you and, and pick you it up at the end of the day. And you can go out and live your best life. Exactly. <laughs> and when you're only there for two weeks. And Absolutely. So, but that trip we did Dublin, London, Edinburgh, Scotland, and then did a day trip to St. Andrews to see the golf course. And then we went into Western Ireland and then drove back in to Dublin to fly okay. in and out. So, but we did like planes, trains, and automobiles. So we yeah. flew different places. We took a, Which a is night a train. It's like, it fun. Did you like yeah. the train? I, you know, it was one of those things that I loved having the experience, but I don't need to do it again. Okay. Because uh, it's like chest wide, so you get into yeah. this room, you get bunk beds. So right. you don't you don't get side by side beds. Mm-hmm. You get bunk beds and is your own room. It is yeah. So we got our own cabin because you can also get the seat yeah, ones where you're just sitting there. And we just we we splurged we splurged. You know, yeah. it was like a hundred bucks. And <laughs> it yeah. And it was so we got bunk beds. And Andy and I flip flop where Andy's like, I don't want to be on the top bunk. He's like, okay, you know, yeah. I'll be on the top bunk. And then it was freezing cold on the top oh, and really hot on the bottom. So we should have flip flopped. <laughs> it was just a, yeah. And so it was chest wide was the alleyway, and then your sink folded down to yeah. a tabletop. And I've never done the the like sleeper mm-hmm, the cabin sleeper trains, stuff. Yeah. I've done, I did uh, from South Bend, Indiana to Minnesota, actually, Mm -hmm. to Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. When I was in college, I did, like, the Amtrak train, Mm -hmm. which is, they have those, like, sleeper whatever Mm -hmm. things in the States, but I didn't need that. It was just a whole whole Mm -hmm. long day, eight hours or something crazy, but it's a cool experience. Mm -hmm. I would, at least in my experience here, I I think it would be fun. I think Dana would enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be like a fun to do, like a fun trip to go from like here out to like Seattle or something mm-hmm. like through Amtrak. And yeah. just... You have to get the room though. Cause I was going to say doing an yeah, overnight in the chair is not. Yeah, and no. With ours is, it was really fun because we left from 
London. I think it was like the King's Cross station, I think is okay. what it was, where Harry Potter's the oh. the platform nine, nine okay. and three quarters. So, of course, they have the cart sticking out of the wall. So then yeah. we got the photos of us jumping in the air with the little scarf sure. flame. Uh, you know, and so we're both Harry Potter, obviously. And so we left from that station at like 11. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're in Edinburgh, Scotland at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. the next day kind of thing. So it's kind of a fun experience where it's just you're on a train and... There's some beautiful sights. You, if you look out the window, you can see the farmlands that you're driving through, and it's just—it's a fun experience. But it was probably one of the worst nights of sleep that we got sure. on the entire—you know—out of the entire trip. Yeah. But, and so we actually just booked flights to in and out of Paris. Okay. Uh, so we're going in September for our five-year anniversary. Hey. And so we are, yeah. That's awesome. And so we, um, we're flying in now and we're still trying to figure that out. And we're one of those people, like we're planners. Yeah. We, very much so. You, we are yes. very organized and very mm-hmm. detail oriented planners. And yeah. so, um, with Dublin, like the UK trip that we did, we had, I think it was 11 months to plan mm-hmm. and where we, we had every, you know, I just need to know where I'm going to sleep at night. Right. And so being that deal shopper, we wanted to make sure that we had kind of all of our deals lined up. And then we'll just figure out the day as we yeah. go. You know, we'll just have a list of things that we want to do. So Paris being, you know, it is basically July and we're flying out late September, not 11 months this time. No. So And like, we're going kind of on the mainland Europe side. Sure. It's, we have no idea what we're but doing. But at least, yet, so. I mean, it's... And, Unlike your other trip to, like, you guys were traveling around. Mm-hmm. So that takes way more coordination to kind of, like... Mm-hmm. Make sure you try, end up where Hit you're all going the in. different places. I mean, Thailand, for us, we were in one spot, but mm-hmm. we jumped around to, like, the island. Mm-hmm. We went up north. and So, like, there's a few more things that kind of go into those. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you're getting better and better each time that mm-hmm. you, like, start to plan those things. Because, especially internationally, you start to learn, like, oh, you don't have to think about things as much. Mm-hmm. Whether it's... Oh, I know I need these types of things when I go here, mm-hmm. you know, um, or whatever those things uh, you, you can imagine or think those different mm. scenarios. But Paris, we had a layover in Paris mm-hmm. for 12 hours. We got there at like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And, uh, we were pissed at each other because it was <laughs> really late and we were both just cranky mm-hmm. and tired from mm-hmm. jet lag from flying. And we got there and... Mm-hmm. We were, like, legit, like, just mad at each other, both of us, on our honeymoon. <laughs> and the underneath the uh, Eiffel Tower and, like, the place of love, the city of love or whatever, you know? And we're like, come on! Like, we gotta get through this eventually. Don't touch me! Yeah, like, no. Mad at you. Mm. We got through it and everything was fine, but it was just funny. We ended up, we, like, even walking through there, we're both like, we gotta come back here, mm. you know? Like, there's just so like so much to see mm-hmm. that you can't see in just two yeah. hours or four hours mm-hmm. or whatever so whatever. i'm excited i'm glad you guys are going yeah. you guys can give us tips for the future it's it we're excited we're so we're just away. trying to figure out we're going to do another loop so we're going to be in and out of paris and so we're just oh, gonna and nice. there's so many places to go and that we want to see over there so yeah. I, but we're going to be there for just over two weeks and so with travel yeah. back and forth so we'll do another backpacking trip type cool. thing and i don't know what do you what do you like about traveling what is it about traveling? I, I mm-hmm. like traveling as well. I think a lot of people really like traveling, but mm-hmm. I don't know if, if you have anything in mind. Like, the... I, I think it's the mental break for me. So mm. I what, what I've been trying to do is I want to be more present in my life. So it's not, you know, 
people can multitask or, you know, you can be doing a million things at once. You can be checking your email, you can be talking yeah. on the phone, you can be doing all these things. And what I've been trying to do is be more present in my career and in my life. So mm-hmm. it's, if I'm on a project and I'm sitting in a meeting, it's my phone is put away and you and I are having a conversation. Yeah. Like right now, my phone is upstairs. Yeah. You know, so you and I are having this conversation. And Mine I are I everywhere. Be, and but they're just, <laughs> they're yeah. all on, they're, uh, doing their they're stuff, all on yeah. airplane mode. So yeah. it's technically just us and just looking at time and, you yeah. know, whatever. But it, it's so being present in this moment and yeah. enjoying it is what I've tried. So yeah. when, when I'm with my clients, it's, you know, for this next hour, you and I are having this conversation and you have my undivided attention. I'm not checking my emails. I'm not. And there's always going to be meetings where my phone's on if I have field staff mm-hmm. that are running around. But trying to. And so with making them trips, feel important because they are. Absolutely. And I want to un- I want them to feel like they are my most important thing yeah. at that time. Yep. And so what I've been trying to do is to be more present and and so it's when I'm at home I want to be present with my husband even though yeah. a lot of times I'm checking so my hard. email and watching TV and yeah. and we're having a conversation about our day so it takes 3 times as long to yeah. accomplish anything. Yep. But so I'm traveling <laughs> it's you know that has my undivided attention and yeah. what what it's I try complex, to do, but it's simplified at the same time. Exactly. And we both have really demanding jobs. And one of the things that, you know, going back to how our relationship works is we understand right now it's just him and I. Mm-hmm. So building our careers is also very important to both of us. Yeah. And so and we both support each other to do that. So I, if I so doing those long weekend trips, if I need to work for an hour in the morning to check my email to make sure nothing's exploding and that things get off my plate so other people can take care of it, yeah. like he's very understanding. Just making that. time for mm-hmm. one another to do those yeah. types of things. But it's like, so we went to Chicago. It was, I... I don't remember if I brought my laptop or not, but so I was checking my emails, writing proposals in the morning while Andy was sleeping. We'd get ready for the day and we'd go out or, you know, I'd take a phone call in a coffee shop and then him and I are together. So it's like, you know, and we both have that understanding that it's like, if you need an hour, then then take your hour. But I love traveling just because we both love walking. I think that is, you know, I think we're going to be that old couple that just walks around the yeah. neighborhood a million times. But so going to, fact. I don't know yeah, if I knew that either. I just, we just love why I did. I think it's one of those things that we won't take transportation unless you are going really far. So if it's a mile or less, we'll just walk it. Or if we're just kind of walking around from yeah. site, site to site, because that's where you find those hidden gems. Absolutely. Like those random coffee shops yep. that point you into that random bar yeah. that tells you about like, that Remember random that one experience. place we passed by yesterday? Like, mm-hmm. let's go check that place out for breakfast. Exactly. Or, yeah. Like, let's go see if they've got yeah. what, what their croissants taste. So I think <laughs> when we were in New York City, we walked, I think, over 10 miles a day. Yeah. And I mean, when it's New York, you're just walking every yeah. But then it's, you talk to that person, they're like, oh, did you get that midnight pizza from that random place where all you, they're all cheese pizzas, and then you can add, like, sausage crumbles on it or pepperoni crumbles on it, and then we went there twice because the pizza was so good, and so it You, like, learn those little, Mm -hmm. and that's how you have to do it, I think, like, Mm -hmm. when you're, when you're traveling, just in general, Mm -hmm. because you can only get so much off the internet. You really can. Exactly. And, and you can deep dive into some of those places, but it's hard, too, Mm -hmm. in the planning. You can get some things and you like write a couple notes down mm-hmm. and sometimes it's just maybe you're in one of those places, mm-hmm. which then you meet somebody else and you spark up a conversation at the table next to you because exactly. they also, if you're in another country, mm-hmm. they might also speak English or mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. But then you get these like little gems like, oh, if you like this place, you got to check out. There's mm-hmm. another place up here. They have great dinner. Mm-hmm. Like, definitely check that place out. Yeah. Ah. So. I love traveling, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and the, I mean, and when we're talking about finances, Andy and I are very fortunate uh, to have the finances to sure. travel now. And we but you've worked hard to do that. Like, Absolutely. you've earned that. Yeah. Like, that's mm-hmm. 
we That's were yours. we were pat on, pat on the back yeah. like you've you've earned that to like be in this place mm-hmm. that you are and mm-hmm. you've put the time in you've put the effort in mm-hmm. you've worked your asses off to yes. put it mm-hmm. bluntly i mean so mm-hmm. like rightfully so you mm-hmm. guys should be very proud of like mm-hmm. where you're at and like that ability to do mm-hmm. some of those things i yeah. think that's really cool but and it's one of those things being fiscally responsible is you put a you put money into your savings like you're saving for the future but mm-hmm. we've had a lot of advice that's like don't wait until you're retired to travel and exactly. see like do it now when you're paying for two versus when you're paying for three four or five yeah and so it's like enjoy being young and able because you're not going to be able to walk 10 miles a day yeah. for you know when you're when you're 55 maybe you can for like a yeah. day or two but you're gonna you know you're gonna travel differently so it's right enjoy it now and so andy and i we put we put like a you know 50 bucks a paycheck or something away into the what a savings account a joint yeah. savings account just something simple yeah like- where it, it so it comes into this like travel fund so it's basically our slush fund yeah and so it um so we use that so it's for those long weekend trips it's yeah you know oh we have you know maybe we have a thousand dollars in our travel fund by that point and it's like okay we'll take a hundred bucks out for the hotels sure or we'll take out two hundred bucks for that so then it's your finances stay it, flat yeah you know it's, it's not uh, that you're like taking mm-hmm. all of that money and then correct it's not spending it all mm-hmm. it's that you're taking let's just you're subsidizing Correct. your financial mm-hmm. and it makes it at. a little more even kind of week to week so you're not just like oh i can't go on a vacation because i can't float that cash yeah it's okay we have this travel fund that is that meant to subsidize your traveling so then you can you can make a note of that yeah. because i don't think mm-hmm. i've ever thought of it and from that like mm-hmm. perspective but that makes yeah. a lot of sense so like, if you have you know if you're your weekly expenses is like a hundred dollars whatever and you decide to go on this trip you know maybe you you subsidize some of the travel funds so then your expenses are only a hundred and fifty dollars that week or and so it's a little bit easier to make time for that traveling and then you just kind of have so once you build up the surplus then you're able to take those big trips like two weeks in yeah in the uk so where it's like okay you're you're gonna have it's gonna i think we budgeted it ended up being like $3,500 or something like that. So uh, it was one of those things that it's like, that's where that comes from is like, you know, maybe you don't have $3,500 to just float from yeah. your savings account or something, but you have this travel fund to help you. So then maybe you split the cost. So right. then it's, or maybe that's the me. place you want to splurge. Mm-hmm. Chancy boy. What's going on, buddy? Very excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're almost done, dude. Just <laughs> chill out. Lay down. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Or even, like, those can be your, like, man, if you want to go to a really nice restaurant or mm-hmm. something, you can pull from that type of place. And, like, when you're on when you're traveling, like, oh, this wouldn't be something, but this is a splurge. Like, let's mm-hmm. grab. I like that. Or mm-hmm. that's fun. Yeah. It that's makes really traveling more enjoyable and less stressful. Because stressful. then you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was fun for our honeymoon. Because mm-hmm. we were like, woohoo, they're on yeah. a honeymoon. Let's spend let's all the it. money. Yeah. <clears throat> But yeah, it's definitely still a thing in the back of your head that you kind of mm-hmm. think about like, okay, I still have to be like financially responsible. Mm-hmm. But when you've planned ahead for those types of things, mm-hmm. it makes it everything more enjoyable, it takes the stress off, it allows you to relax, mm-hmm. to enjoy and be present. I really like you talking about like being present in mm-hmm. the moment. Uh, I think that's something that I really enjoyed from this podcast in mm-hmm. a lot of ways is that these conversations maybe not as formal, but we have these conversations in real life, mm-hmm. you know, like I've learned some things and mm-hmm. obviously jotted down a few things too, but we have these same conversations in real life. And I think that it's not that those aren't, you're not present there, but like 
it's just you and I. There's mm-hmm. no other outside distractions. Your phone's up there. We're mm-hmm. here. We're just we're just chatting. And mm-hmm. me personally, I know I talked about it on Katie's podcast, but like we talked about it um, was the love languages. And mm-hmm. for me, it's quality time, mm-hmm. you know, and quality time is a big thing. And so this has been really awesome for me and kind of Dan and I's next chapter and like mm-hmm. transitioning how we are of uh, just being very intentional with the people that we care about and mm-hmm. the people that we call friends and whatever while we have this time to do this. And mm-hmm. I really like it because I can just talk in circles and jibber jabber, <laughs> which I have several times in this podcast where I'm like, ah, am I being clear? Because my head is not feeling like I'm very direct and focused with this uh, question. But um, I listened to that podcast too. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. And I thought it was funny because Katie's like, I hate the gift giving. Like, that's not my love language. Right. Which is really funny because my love language is gift giving. Okay. And, and so it's gift giving and then acts of service, I think, are kind of the So you I give love them. by, by, it's you like, re- so like mm. this, this is how I take it. Mm. It's like you give and receive love. Mm-hmm. And those can be the same, but they can also be very different. Correct. So like for me to receive, which is also a way that I also feel like I give, but mm-hmm. it's different because not everybody, mm-hmm. but it's quality time. Like mm-hmm. I enjoy it, but I also think acts of service in some ways, mm-hmm. or uh, for me, it's like, and I, I don't know, have you read the book? Mm-hmm. So have, he talks yeah. about, I think he talks about in the book, um, like the, the, maybe a sixth one potentially, you know, of like cooking and mm-hmm. like fixing food or having people over. I feel mm-hmm. like that's definitely a love language of mine yeah. of like, Hey, I just like having people over, like hosting. Kind of like, like a doing... combo, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's a little bit of that. Um, but what were yours? You said gifts are your... Gift giving is like my love language. Okay, and the way you I, receive love that way. I receive love. And in, and it's not Obviously even you... like you need to buy me all of these nice no. things. It's more just like I thought of you. you thought of me, and like yeah. this item made me think yeah. of you. And so it could be like a bar of chocolate. Sure. And Or it's one of those things like... For and I give love and Andy, you know, Andy and I read this book and yeah. he more did the quiz and didn't want to yeah. read the book and and so his like he kind of understands where I come from because yeah. he's like, why are you buying me all this random junk? And I'm like, but I want to love it's, you. Yeah, it's and, really interesting. But it's like so I've also learned to tailor my like gift giving to him to make it a little more meaningful. So I just bought like his favorite peanut butter yeah. that he's been out of for the last two weeks because right. the grocery store that we normally go to doesn't sell it. But being cognizant of those things are so important, especially mm-hmm. in relationships of like knowing like, oh, quality time. So when I say to Dana, I miss you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you what? You miss me? Like, I've seen you every day this week. We've sat in the same place. We've watched mm-hmm. Netflix every night. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but we sat and watched Netflix every night. And we looked at our phones the entire time, mm-hmm. not being present yeah. and not like engaging mm-hmm. each other. I don't know anything about your life this week mm-hmm. other than the like 30 minute synopsis I got from work that day. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't, I miss you, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And like, that's me saying like, I need quality time. Like, mm-hmm. let's make some time for, for each other. For us. But yeah. she knows that, mm-hmm. right? Where, mm-hmm. like you were talking about, when you come home with his favorite peanut butter, mm-hmm. when it's not necessarily your favorite peanut butter, yeah. and you've bought that, it's just that cogniz- mm-hmm. like being cognizant of, oh, she got me this because she cares and she mm-hmm. loves me and this yeah. is a sign that she's... Yeah. And um, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I know this Cub Foods, you know, yeah. off of this random way. I'm just going to stop there. And I know they have the peanut butter, yeah. so I'm going to pick it up. So then I just left it in the fridge and he opened it up. He's like, oh, you bought me peanut butter. Yeah. You know, and, and then I, you're like, oh, I, I know, it. you did. Yeah. 
and I think he's coming around to the point where he understands that, like, you know, even though he's like, oh, I didn't really want that. It's more like he understands that I'm giving it to mm-hmm. him because I love him and I want to express yeah. my love. And then, but I think he, one of his love languages is acts of service as well. So, like, yeah. when I do the dishes, he really appreciates that. Because mm-hmm. we split our chore duties as I do laundry and he does, uh, I fold laundry sure. and then he does dishes. And he takes out the trash because I just never did that growing yeah. up and it just grosses me out. Like, I gag, like, completely dry <laughs> It's so gross. That's um, hilarious. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen when we have kids, though, because when you like, it's all gonna be the sense yeah, and nastiness, and that's a whole other story. You'll you know? figure it out. Yeah, you'll figure it out. You'll mm-hmm. you'll figure your way. You guys, you guys, like you said, you guys will talk it through. And mm-hmm. You guys will find your way and yeah. figure out what works for you. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. <laughs> well, I'm not doing that. Well, one of us has got to do that. That's rock paper scissors. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, I think that that's really important. I, I think it's cool. I keep bringing it up on the podcast about, like, the love languages. Mm-hmm. My dad even texted me about it. It was like, oh, I was thinking about, like, love languages and how, you know, like, even in doing good and making mm-hmm. a difference in this whole, like, concept of how those different things, of how you could look at those different things mm-hmm. within Crazy Face Uno of mm-hmm. acts of service and doing, like, almost different, like, buckets, right? Mm-hmm. Like, of trying to inspire people or giving people ideas of what to do of like, oh, this is an acts of service thing Mm -hmm. you can do. This is a gift you could give. This Mm -hmm. is a way you can spend quality time with people. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, and these different avenues. And I think it's really interesting. I'm learning about, like, I didn't know that Mm -hmm. about you. And now it makes, but it makes me think even, right? Like now that I know that I'm like, oh, have I ever, like my Mm -hmm. first thought was like, have I ever given her a gift? Like, I don't know if I have, you Mm -hmm. know? And like, I, I think it's important to understand how we operate and mm-hmm. especially those people that you care about and like I said on this podcast I'm having these people on I'm learning about different things mm-hmm. about people and that I wouldn't normally and I think it's really cool because mm-hmm. I am trying to be intentional and be in the moment and I I like that I now know that you mm-hmm. It's a, a it's a person. fun. I love gifts. It just yeah. so, and it sounds really wrong when you're, when you're saying it. Like I love gifts, but it's not, and it's not even like the dollar amount of the gifts. No. You know, and yeah. it's not, it's not that side of it. It's more just like my that, mom's that way. I just love. So yeah. mom, I know you're listening. Uh, <laughs> like I know, I know she is right. Mm-hmm. So when it, but it, when it comes to a birthday, when it comes mm-hmm. to Christmas, mm-hmm. it's not a phone call. Is not, it's not that it's not mm-hmm. appreciated mm-hmm. or wanted. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't check that box or mm-hmm. how the book describes it. It doesn't fill your love tank. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. you've got this it reserved tank. It fills, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just doesn't, it's not filling it up. It's not, mm-hmm. you're not investing into mm-hmm. this area. And so it's just interesting when I, when I know that I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my mom likes gifts. Mm-hmm. So that's how I filter things through. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my mom will love that. Let me grab that for her. Yeah. You know, or mm-hmm. whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. But I think that. It just helps you filter how you can show and appreciate people mm-hmm. in a different way. Caitlin, we are nearing the end of the podcast. I have some would you rather questions that are actually from your house, your room. Your mother gave them to me <laughs> a few weeks ago. And I'm going to bring this around full circle. I just going to pull this. one out. Pick okay. a color. Red, blue, purple, green, yellow. Purple. Purple is food ingestion. Would you rather eat five boxes of Fruit Rings cereal in one day or drink 21 cups of coffee? Wait, say that again. How many Fruit Loops? Would you rather eat five boxes of Fruit Loop cereal in one one day? Hands down. I hate coffee. 
Hate, hate it with a fiery passion. <laughs> Boom. Hence yeah. your tea that you're sitting oh. here with I, right now. I love, and I also love sugar like that. Yeah, oh, so so fruit, oh yeah, I totally would just hammer down those those fruit those fruit rings. I think you're right. I don't know. Five boxes seems like a lot, but it does seem like a lot. I mean, they're only half full anyways. It's yeah. like the chip bag conversation. So absolutely. Well, thank you again. Thanks I hope for having that. Me. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate you being here. We're gonna crank the tunes again here. Thank you so much. Peace.